Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Blues. Welcome to another special edition of the Toffee Web Podcast. From time to time, we invite prominent guests from the world of Evertonia. And on this episode, Paul Trail and I are delighted to have on Paul McManis, a.k.a. Pablo, a.k.a. Squatter. Uh, Paul Pablo is, as I'm sure most of all of our listeners are aware, a member of the Everton Fan Advisory Board. And depending on your vintage and which parts of the online Toffees community you've frequented down the years, you probably knew of him long before then. Uh, Pablo, first of all, thanks for coming on and a warm welcome to the Toffee World Podcast. I thank you very much, mate. I don't know about prominent too much, but um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's mad to finally be meeting you after 25, 30 years of just chatting online in emails backwards and forwards and being a part of the, uh, you know, when back when this People's Forum was officially part of Toffee Web all those years ago. So, so yeah, right. good, good to be on. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I would imagine that we probably met on the old Toffee Net mailing list, which is still alive, believe it or not, even if no one posts on it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, as you see, you've had a long time association with the uh, the People's Forum. You, you were an admin over there at one point, weren't you? I was, yeah, for quite a few years, actually, myself and uh, Colm from uh, from Ireland. We were, we were running that for a little while, and then uh, it was probably seems like it was like a couple of years ago it was probably about 15 years ago that i handed over the reins to someone else because you know time just goes away doesn't it but it but does. yeah that, that that's been my little corner of the internet and uh i haven't really you know ventured out much and then i joined the fab and all of a sudden i'm sort of leading the comms com- subcommittee in the fab and i need to sort of look out there and it's like oh my god there are an awful lot of everton groups out there nowadays and i have to sort of try and acquaint myself with all of them so but it's good to see a familiar face with toffee web definitely absolutely well, we wanted to get you on to talk about the Fan Advisory Board, of course, which we'll do in a bit. But uh, why don't you give us your uh, Everton origin story? How did you become a Blue? Where, when, how did it start for you? 
I well, it's uh, my, my dad really. My dad, my mum and my dad were season ticket holders before I was born. I was on the Gladys Street when my mum was pregnant. So, um, so yeah, born <laughs> born in Liverpool, born on Smithdown Road, about four years from uh, four four hours from four hours four miles from Goodison. Try that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is now an ASDA, apparently the uh, the women's uh, the women's hospital that, that used to be there is now an ASDA supermarket. Oh, so, right. um, so yeah, so uh, yeah, just got, just just brought up with it through my dad. Really, first match when I was um, eight. So it was yeah, the day after my eighth birthday. We went and watched um, uh, once just beat Coventry three nil. Um, that was uh, February nineteen eighty one. So so yeah, just um, just through the family really. And um, I, I grew up um, moved moved shortly after being born to, to North Wales, where my mum's from. Um, and and yeah, grew up a, one of the very few Evertonians, I would say. It was all Liverpool and Man United in the eighties. So um, until we started winning things, and then all of a sudden they started coming out the woodwork. Funnily enough, um, so yeah, so that's uh, that's where it started, and that's uh, God, and this is where it's ended on a bloody fan fan advisory board. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the long journey. <laughs> Great that you actually managed to catch a win on the first uh, your first ever game. Nearly every Evertonian speaker says we oh, we lost the first game I went to or something like that. I know my my first one we were two two up against Bolton and Wanderers in the uh, FA Cup. Stuart Barlow would score twice and then we still managed to lose three two in extra time. So uh, I was I was hooked after that. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. uh, so that's that's uh, the usual one, isn't it? No, it was yeah. um, no, it was it was three nil. And uh, my son, who is now twenty one, when we took him. Um, when he was like six and a half, his first game was three nil. Um, so then, when we asked my dad what what the first game he could remember was, and he said he'd been a couple of times, but the first time he got his season ticket was um, was nineteen sixty four, the year after they won the league. So we looked it up, and of course, his first game was a three nil as well. So that was uh, that was quite cool. Three generations of three uh, nil right. debuts ish. Because as I say, he said he'd been to the odd game here or there, but he can't remember which one. The first one he can remember, he was definitely at was 3-0 as well so we'll have it <laughs> yeah that's that's definitely a good start i took my two girls to the brighton home game last year and that uh, was probably the worst game i've ever been to so I, i'm gonna struggle to drag them back i think <laughs> yeah it's hard isn't it i mean my, my uh the, the flip side of that i was actually closer to you for the brighton away game last year because i was in new york with my son um and we went to the turnmill in new york and we watched the uh the Brighton away game, which we won five one, and we were like, you know, up within a minute, and then we got the one in the last minute, and that's so yeah, we yeah. we definitely that was like the first day of our holiday. We got there on the Sunday night, and then that was on the Monday, so that's probably my my Everton highlight for this year. Put it that way. <laughs> that's a good way to start any trip, I would say. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Well, well, we know that the 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 fab, of course, shared in the outrage at the decision by the Independent Commission and the Premier League to deduct Everson ten points. Uh, Dave Kelly, who's the fan advisory board chair this year, uh, very publicly, very eloquently got the message out to the wider world. Uh, but how fantastic has the response been from the fans, the manager, and the players since? I mean, in four games, we've made up nine of those uh, those ten lost points. Uh, we're four points above the drop zone. It's been magnificent, isn't it? It has, and it's. And I say that the we we had a, the supporters meeting um, the the few days after the, the the Premier League judgment came out, because um, obviously they did it in the middle of the international break, which they were thinking would mean that we wouldn't actually do anything about it. And of course, um, they don't really know Evertonians very well. So uh, we had a we had a supporters meeting uh, that week, and and it was it, it felt great to be standing up there. Um, talking to people who were a united fan base. That's the biggest thing that's come out of this is that the fan base is united by this because we've had so much um, 
you know, division over the over the last few years. We had divisions over the chairman, over the team, over the, you know, there's been so much division in the fan base. And a lot of that's been deliberate, I think. I think a lot of the time, obviously, the club hasn't been run um, in the way that a lot of us would have wanted. I mean, none of us on the fan advisory board joined the joined the fab because we thought the club was being well run and to pat them on the back, you know. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so I think it's um, it was really nice to see um, the the togetherness with that. And it really has united us. I think I think on the pitch we were definitely heading in the right direction. Anyway, I think that was that's that's that needs to be said. I think that you know Sean Dyche has clearly got a a united dressing room there as well. But I think obviously with the with the outrage over this and the uh, you know the feeling of that, how unfair this judgment actually is and how um, you know harsh it is. I think that's yeah really united everyone and and that's the long you know for the, for the longest time that I can remember we we do have a united fan base about something even if it's not you know over who starts a right back <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly exactly uh do you think you will get any of those 10 points back i am um, with my non-fab head on with my with my pablo the fan i'm, I'm a yeah. bit i'm a bit reluctant to I, I i don't i'm not sure we will um i think that there's been a lot of noise about the um, to use a Daishism, which everyone started saying a lot of noise, which Daish says all the time. Um, <laughs> uh, there's been a lot of noise about you know this was that and this was said and that was that, and uh, I think that we, we, we we've moved away from a fair bit that you know that this this you know we have done wrong. The club has done wrong. Um, I think I think it is disproportionate, um, but I, I'm I'm not too sure that the Premier League are actually going to back down on it. I'd like to think they would. Um, but my concern then um, would be that, you know, are they going to say, oh, okay, well, you can have four of these back, and, and then next season they're going to say, oh, well, actually, oh, mm-hmm. look at your accounts again. And I don't know whether the the, the the tack might actually be better to actually sort of like, you know, just start negotiating with them, just sort of saying, well, listen, right, we'll take the 10 points, because, we, we, you know, the 10 points I, I would like to think is not going to affect our league position, hopefully. We should cope, we should cope with that given this, the rest of the league and, and, and where we're at at the moment. So it's one of them where I'm, my, my main concern, I think, going forwards is not that we don't get any of the 10 points back. It's, is there further stuff coming along the line? And are we going to get are we going to get stung again? Because if we were non-compliant, whatever it was, three seasons ago, then what about two seasons ago? What about one season ago? Because the same people right. were there, presumably making the same mistakes. So that, that would be my biggest worry, I think. Hmm. Do you think that's likely that we'll have... Um... Uh, further punishment down the line. Uh, I've just... got no idea. I mean, I, yeah. I, I genuinely, I, I say, I'm, I'm just looking at it from the from the point of view of the fact that you know, um, Grant Ingalls was was in was a part in charge of the finance right the way through all of that. Um, if mistakes were made, then you would assume that the same mistakes were made consistently because they would be doing the same sort of things. And you've got to remember as well. And again, it's it's difficult being on the Fabs a sort of a difficult position because we do have a good relationship with the club, but we are independent. And so we have to challenge the club, but we also have to sort of keep them a little bit on side as well in that we don't want to fall out with them because we do have a genuinely good relationship. I do. I, I genuinely believe that the people that we, that we meet with and that we talk to and that sit around that table do genuinely believe in the fan advisory board and the idea of it. Um, and that they do want, they do want that relationship to work. So, um, but, but it has to be said that obviously, you know, that there have been mistakes made at the club. Um, it's been very obvious that the club haven't really wanted to have any close scrutiny on that. They've stopped AGMs, they've stopped EGMs. There's been no real sort of fan engagement. Um, so, so I, I think that that, that would be where my concern would be. Um, 
And also, again, my own personal worry about this is I, I, one of the main reasons I joined the Fab is because I thought, oh, look, what the, the board members have gone in the summer. That shows that fans can actually have a say. All of these, all of these marches and everything have, have actually had an effect. Now I'm starting to think, mm, is, is that the case? Is, the, is it the case that actually the, 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 the directors that went were actually like, well, hang on a minute, this, this, this hearing's coming up. Uh, we're getting out, thanks. It might be that, you know what I mean? And that's the that's the bit that I that I now and I I, mean, I must admit I am the reason I'm on the fan advisory board is I've been moaning about Everton for 25 years and I wanted to put my money where my mouth was finally. So <laughs> I've always been very very cynical when it comes to Everton, um, and I've always been very very concerned. Back from when I used to go to AGMs and EGMs in the early 2000s when we had Chris Samuelson and we had we had you know yeah, all sorts yeah. of wool being pulled over our eyes left right and centre. So. So, uh, as I say, it, it's different when you're sat in a boardroom with them, having a meeting with them, as we did a couple of weeks ago, um, and you're actually looking the people in the eyes that are actually running the club. You, you do tend to realise those people are actually trying their best to do what they're doing. But it's, it's, you have to say that the club has not been well run over the last few years. So that's my concern, really. That, that, that I say. I've got no inside knowledge on that as to whether we are going to get done or anything. It's just, it's just a worry of mine that, obviously, if, if those people were running, running the show, Three years ago, and two years ago, and one years ago, you know what else is coming? You know, were you were you as shocked as as all with the ten points though? I was absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm as shocked as anything because the club had told us exactly the same as what they told everyone else, which was that they were not expecting to get any punishment whatsoever. The club went in there believing that they were about seventeen million under the threshold. So, you know, they, they, they thought they were way, way under it. So when we had our meeting with them in August, that was one of the questions we asked. We, you know, we had it on the agenda. Sure, we knew they wouldn't be able to answer much about it. But is there anything more that you can tell us about that thing? Uh, you know, the hearing and how it's going. Is there any progress in it? And they just said, all we can reiterate is what we said in the statement. We we don't believe that we've done anything wrong. We've worked with the Premier League on this. Um, and I do genuinely believe that that was a shock to the club when that came out, to the club as well. Um, we had a meeting with the club that same day. The, the, I think it came out about 11am. And we had a meeting with the club for two hours at four o'clock um, where they you know, briefed us on on what happened and, and their, their analysis of it at the time, which was literally that, you know, what we've seen from the judgment, obviously there's 41 page document that they hadn't quite read all of yet but the headlines were that it did seem disproportionate and and that that's the main thing that they're going to be going into the appeal with just being um being cynical kind of comes with the with the territory for being an Evertonian, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, I'm a, I'm a positive person in all of the walks of life, except when it comes to Everton, to be honest. It's a, and uh, and even then, you know, I, I say it's I, I, that that Brighton game. I still remember where you know we're in New York, we're four one up, and then we scored the, the the fifth goal in the last minute, and and, and a scouser that was also in there watching it turn around and went, "I reckon we might be all right now." And it's and, it, and that's it. You don't you don't ever stop. And and to be honest, speaking more. Generally, that's kind of the way that it's been on the. You know, you, you don't really necessarily enjoy games anymore. It's a relief when we win. There's, there's not that. There's not that sort yeah. of ecstasy of the, of the enjoyment of it because it's been such. You know, two two seasons just avoided relegation. Now we've got these ten points off again. So as much as you know, it was brilliant at the the, the Newcastle game and it's brilliant at Chelsea. It's still kind of a. It's still that relief more than the way excitement because we're not you know we're not going to win anything anytime soon is basically the the feeling isn't it 
that's it. And like nearly all the wins are one 0 aren't they? But the last couple, at least you've been able to enjoy. You know, because we scored like to make it three 0 to make it two 0 late in the game, you, you knew that was it. Yeah, a little bit of breathing space. But again, yeah, but... I mean, but even <laughs> even with Newcastle, you know, a couple of seasons ago, two 0 up, ninety fourth minute, and we end yeah. up drawing two all. Yeah. You know, you can never count your chickens when it comes to Everton. Just wait till that final whistle. It's like VAR. You don't want to celebrate until you know you can definitely celebrate. You know. <laughs> yeah. That that Newcastle game was definitely running through my head at two 0 up <laughs> against the Barcos. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. has to. You know, we've had so many of those over the years. It is. It's that you know Everton that it, that that's a saying purely because yeah. of that, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I mean, let's get into the the fan advisory board specifically. I think you know some of the things that you mentioned there about things that have made Evertonian skeptical that date all the way back to as you said those AGMs early in the two thousands and the various sort of phantom takeover stories from various Russian, you know, paper magnates and all the rest of it through that period. You go through Destination Kirby, right up to the to the you know to the cancelling of the AGMs, there is there's plenty of sort of fodder there to be uh, as a fan skeptic of the hierarchy uh, as as it's been for the last 10, 20 years. And so I think from that perspective, the creation of the fab I think is is definitely a step forward, you know, a step towards engagement. And then we can talk about, you know, and you can sort of maybe give your perspective on just how much power you think that the, that the FAB actually has. But there's always a lot of skepticism from fans in some quarters, some often very vocal quarters um, about supporters groups and elected, uh, elected supporters groups in particular interfacing with the club. You know, the accusation is always that you're either a club stooge or, you know, you're elected, even if you're elected by fellow fans, that you're just a sop by the club's hierarchy to make it look like they're listening to the fans. So uh, for anyone who doesn't know what it is, can you explain what the FAB is, what its aims are, and then what was your motivation for putting yourself up for election to the FAB? Because I'm sure it hasn't made your life easier. Yeah, 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 we'll come to that definitely. So, um, so yeah, so the fan advisory board is um, it's it, basically every Premier League team now has to have a fan advisory board. It's uh, it's part of the Premier League's fan engagement standard, where it's which is pretty much their attempt to kind of stave off an independent regulator to be able to say, hey, look, we're doing this, this, and this. So, um, the fan engagement standard came out from the Premier League, and they said, "This is what we want you all to do." And then all of the Premier League clubs have had to come up with a with a fan advisory board. So, all of them are supposed to have one. They were all supposed to have one at the beginning of this season. Um, Everton and Liverpool were actually the the leading lights. We started ours like eighteen months ago, um, and we were the first ones to get up and going. Um, and the the makeup since then is they're they're, they're quite different. So. The, the Everton Fan Advisory Board is independent. It is entirely independent and the club do not... So put it this way, if the club had a say in it, then Dave Kelly wouldn't be on it <laughs> because hmm. Dave Kelly's probably been on every exactly. blacklist that's been on the football club for, for years. <laughs> so, so Dave wouldn't be on it. And that was one of my main reasons for thinking, this must be legit if Dave's on it. So so the the, the ours is independent. Others, um, like for example, I think Man United's, they've actually got some club employees are on their fan advisory board, which seems odd to me. Mm, um, yeah. And and so there's a there's a wide range, and there's a, and it's a broad church that you can actually to, to implement what a fan advisory board is. That I think the Premier League have tried to make it as vague as possible. So um, 
as recently as this week, um, we've um, we found out that, that a lot of the other Premier League clubs have, have not really got going with theirs at all. Um, some of them have been in contact with us. Brighton contacted me probably about a month ago now, uh, just for some advice on on bits and bobs and stuff like that. So we're looking at trying to um, help the other fabs as well because it's that sort of, you know rising tide raises all ships that sort of idea. Yeah. Um, the the, the uh, when I when I considered joining it in the summer, I was very skeptical about it. Which is why I'm, which is why I think I'm quite a good candidate to sort of speak about it. Um, <laughs> I I wasn't sure if it was just lip service. I wasn't sure if it was just the Premier League literally trying to stave off the independent regulator by saying, "Look, look, look, what we're doing. We are listening to the fans after all." Now, the, the whether that is true or not doesn't really matter to me as much as the fact that it is actually happening. So right. it's ha- it's actually happening. So they've let us in. Let's make the most of it, you know. So whether they are actually listening to us or not, whether they are actually, you know, taking on board what we're saying and things like that. I'm talking about, you know, the Premier League and Everton here. It might Mm -hmm. be that they're, you know, they're just saying it as yes, it's it might be a tick box exercise for them. We don't know that yet. My my impression of it from Everton's point of view is that I don't think it is. I think that um I think that they genuinely do see the value in it um and that they they do actually want to engage with it. Um, I think we are a pain in the arse to them at times, um, definitely. We challenge, we challenge them as best we can. Um, but I can completely understand why fans would see it as being, you know, and, and that was one of the biggest things I wanted to change was that perception of, well, they're just in the club's pocket and they are just spokespeople for the club. Um, the the key thing that I, that I always try to tell people about the fab, the fab is that th- just that phrase, the fan advisory board, just gives it a kind of a, black box sort of thing and what you've got to remember is in that black box are 11 Everton supporters just like you and me they are we are just Everton supporters we've got no divine right to be on there we've got no you know specific qualifications for I certainly haven't for, for what we're doing um you know Dave Kelly's got a, got a, a background in fan activism from the Blue Union um, Tony Sampson our vice chair has been involved in, in the fans forum before and, and various sort of things I'm completely fresh into this I've got no I've never been in anything like this before in my life um, so, so we are just 11 fans trying to do our best, trying to use some of our spare time to make a better Everton, you know, and that's, and that's what I think I, I wanted to get across when I first came in was to change that perception of the black box element. Our former um, chairman jazz, um, because he, um, did a few media bits and bobs last year and he was the main spokesperson for it. Well, like when I, when I, um, when I joined and I, and I, I, became the lead on the comm subcommittee i went into the uh, got access to the fab twitter and i'm looking in there and a lot of the dms are saying hi jazz hi jazz hi jazz they're sent to the fan advisory board but it's all hi jazz hi jazz so i wanted to change that perception of it just being jazz and some other people as to being there are 11 of us here and we've all got our own independent voices and views and we don't all agree on everything because we're 11 evertonians if you sat in a pub with 11 evertonians (laughs) you're not all going to appear and that's and that's the way that I think people need to see it is that we're we're just eleven Evertonians that are t- trying to, to to help and trying to make things better. Um, we're not, you know, the, there's no no freebies, there's no favors involved in it. It's literally in our constitution that we cannot accept any favors or or anything like that from the club. There's none of that whatsoever. Believe, believe me, there is none of that. <laughs> there is a, you know, there's not even there's not even thanks a lot of the time from anyone. So it's 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 very much a kind of a. Um, it's a thankless task, but I think it's imp- I think it's an important one. And what we're 
what we're trying to do at the moment is because we're only 18 months in and it's a real fledgling organization still Mm -hmm. because of everything that's happened at Everton over the last 18 months with that you know we've had all the headlock gate we've had you know the chairman passing away we've had MSP then 777 we had the 10 point deduction Uh, our our chairman Jazz uh, ended up resigning because there was just too much workload with it and stuff like that um we've had so many of these these things to cope with um we're trying to build an organization so we're trying to make internal improvements as to how we work as a fab and lay these foundations for people that are going to come after us you know because the fan you know people can apply every summer and it moves around so there's been a lot of challenges that we've that we've faced with that um and a lot of people don't see all of that they just see oh the fab meets once a month and they meet the club every three months for biscuits and 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 that's not the case it's a lot of work involved in it you know yeah do you think you've um changed that perception then as you said like that you know you tell me perception of our, in, <laughs> you, in the you, cups, you, you tell me a little bit you, you tell me from from your perception do you think anything's changed this season um i i feel that the it feels like there's, there's a lot there's a little bit less sort of abuse for want of a of a of a you know, better term flowing your way. It feels like just on the looking from the outside from social media than perhaps there was. Maybe, uh, maybe it just feels like the um, people perhaps a bit more on board. But uh, you know, just 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 for my observations. But obviously, I didn't see enough. You know, it just feels. Um, I think everything that's gone on. I think it's it it, it certainly in my opinion, helps uh, Evertonians to have a voice who's communicating with the, with, with the club uh, on a regular basis because there's so much going on right now and there has been for a long time. And, um, you know, it seems like a bit more of a balanced uh, a balanced viewpoint, I suppose. Um, or at least that's a perception I feel people have. That would be my opinion. Yeah, I, 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 well, we are getting less abuse. Um, I mean, Dave, Dave said in our meeting last week, you know, I, I haven't been called a chocolate fire guard, fire guard for a month, so that, that's <laughs> that's that's got to be a, that's got to be a, a, a plus, hasn't it? But I have to say, I mean, I, when I went through um, some of the Twitters, you know, we were literally getting getting people Evertonians. You know, you look on the profile, they're an Evertonian, yeah, mm-hmm. and they literally just send like a DM to the fan advisory board to say, "Give it up, you effing amateurs." Just that, that's it. That's that's their opening salvo. There's no kind of thing like that. And, and you know, I'm reading through that was sent six months ago. And you almost want to reply back to it and say, well, well, yeah, we are amateurs. That's the whole point. We're not, you know, what do you think we are here? You know, we're just trying to do it. And, and, and the analogy that I've used since I've been in there is what you've got to remember is with Everton, it's an absolute circus. So we are literally looking at a building, a burning building with a water pistol. And we've got to decide where we point that water pistol as a fab because there's only there's eleven of us, and and we've all got you know most of us have got jobs, we've all got other commitments. It's not a full time job. It is literally us doing it in our spare time and doing what we can when we can, um, and trying to make the best of it. And when there's so much going on, like all those things are just rattled off. It's really sometimes you know really really stressful and really difficult to actually. And, and, and when you know that your every word is going to be analysed, and anything that you put out wrong, I say I put out most of the press stuff now, most of the most of the tweets and the, and the statements on the website and stuff like that, all all come from me. Tony Sampson helps a lot out with the actual wording of the statements and things like that. But we batter that around between us. But you are constantly second guessing all your time to just say we can't say that, we can't say that, because we know that there are the naysayers out there, um, and you're trying to 
like you're trying to equalize before they score is what I what the way I always say you know you you're trying to take that ammunition away because you know that there are going to be um the naysayers out there they they have quietened down an awful lot it doesn't mean that they 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 believe in us anymore but I say when I when I first came in and my 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 pitch when I actually said you know we we had to record a one minute video to apply for the fab and stuff like that and that was mine to try to change that perception because I didn't think it was a fair perception of 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 what the fab actually is and um and and hopefully we're getting there with it we'll still get you know the odd the odd bit of abuse here and there but it is it is very few and far between now and I think people are starting to see that there is some value in it and that we're not the stooges that that we were kind of I mean I, I can say that now as I say when I joined six months ago I was 50 50 I only got elected for a year, so I just thought, like, I'll give it a go for a year, and then I'll decide whether I think it's what it is. I can tell you now, after six months, none of these people on this on this thing are in the club's pocket whatsoever. They all just want the best for Everton, and there's no, there's no, they're not telling us what to do or what to say at all. Yeah, I was going to make that point about Dave Kelly. It was one of the points I was going to make was, you know, the fact that he was in the Blue Union, he was in keeping Everton in our city. And as you say, he was on pretty much every, every club blacklist. pain in the arse. He's an absolute <laughs> pain in the arse. I, he must be a nightmare to be. I'm so glad he's on our side because I tell yeah. you, I, he must be. A, and that, he's, he's so wily, so canny. Like, for example, Premier League um, uh, dockers 10 points. So uh, a week after, um, Dave Kelly puts up a tweet um, tagging in Barclays Bank and saying, Barclays Bank, um, uh, as a as a loyal customer of 20 years, I'm going to be closing my account with you because you are a supporter of the Premier League who have just docked us 10 points. I think it's unfair, yada, yada. <laughs> he then leaves that. you got a load of Liverpool fans coming on, taking the piss, going, oh, Jesus, look at this, what a state. I'll, I'll open an account then. Oh, just like that. And it just goes to Dave just literally turns off notifications, leaves it, comes back a few days later, 850,000 <laughs> like views of it all around the world. Um, and then he says to us, you know, if I ever get a Barclays bank account, then I'll, I'll have to let them know because I've never had one. Um, and then he said, and the next one's going to be Budweiser. So I hope nobody realizes that I've been teetotal for 16 years because he knows what to do. He knows what buttons to press with the activism yeah. side of things, you know, and how to, how to, to, to press the right thing. So I, as I say, I'm really glad Dave's on our side with things because he's a good bloke. <laughs> that's just that's just classic yeah it, it is unfortunate that you do have the naysayers and unfortunately as as we saw with you know the with that incident when jazz went on sky it, it sums up the awkward balance that the fab some, sometimes has to strike which as you said earlier you know it plays into the into this wariness and distrust that some fans have with the elected representatives because you know the fan base was obviously angry at machinery angry at the board and people obviously wanted an indication that jazz and the fab were were sort of sharing the fume and he was obviously trying to express that he was satisfied with the dialogue that the fab was having with the board and the process of fan representation you know as a whole uh, and that framework but everyone of course took it as endorsement of the board and it's i think the strategy that you've taken is really wise to kind of you know to, to sort of have this 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 sort of broader picture there are 11 of us here it's not just a figurehead and i think that you know the jazz was unwittingly probably just you know kind of the, the lightning rod um but you know people people need to remember that the, the change doesn't happen you know without someone someone sort of putting a flag in the ground and, and stepping up to put their head above the parapet i mean i remember going back to the to the kirby days when i was involved in in sort of pushing the case against against the project and against Destination Kirby, I was losing sleep over the fact that, that the actions, that, however small or however great they were with the website, were actually having a material impact on the future of the club. 
and I was, you know, I walked around for days just, you know, feeling, yeah, just, you know, just feel feeling you feel vulnerable, you feel, but, but at, at the end of the day, you have to have the conviction that, that what you feel is right for the club. And thankfully that's the way it turned out. And that is obviously, as you say, you're just 11 Evertonians trying to make a better club. And, you know, it'd be nice. You're always going to have your naysayers. You're always going to have people who just, you can't reason with them. But, you know, the more people that understand where you guys are coming from, that it's all coming from the heart, that you do have the club's best interests at heart, that, that you know, the better it will be. Yeah, I think so. And as I say, we we don't all agree on everything. You know, we we, we do, you know, we, we have you know, conversations about things and what we should say and what we shouldn't say and stuff like that. But I think the... I think the key thing to to point out is to say that 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 everyone wants the same thing, but they yeah. might have different ideas about how to get there. You know, we all want a we all want a better club, and and the thing is, as I say, it's it's back to that burning building again. You know, it there's a lot wrong at Everton Football Club. There's an awful lot wrong at Everton Football Club. So it is where do you start? And we've we've tried to do fan engagement to 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 basically get a, a, a you know a guide on that. You know, what is it that the fans want us to do you know what is it that's something that's going to have a, a thing because it's you know the 11 of us might have a, might have a meeting and say well we think that we should focus on a b and c yeah but we can't just assume that that's what is going to work you know with the fans because a b and c a might not be very visible it might be behind the scenes and it might be something that we can't necessarily talk about um so we've had discussions about that as well and about things where for me, I think that given where we're at, and given, as I say, what we've had in the NASA, that a lot of the a lot of the stuff we need to be doing needs to be tangible and visible, and where you've got something that you can point at to be able to say, "Yes, look, we've done that." All of the sort of um, structural sort of stuff and all the hierarchy stuff that we've doing that we are doing all the time behind the scenes. That's the average fan in the street doesn't care about that. They don't care about us you know, setting up the sort of stuff that we're doing in the backgrounds about where we have our meetings on teams and where we store stuff in, in and things like that. Because the thing is that the fan advisory board is going to be around for a while. So we we can only do so much at the time. So if we have a meeting and someone comes up with something, I think we should do this, then we want to log that somewhere so that it might be that we never get to do it, but it might be that in two or three years that that's there for someone to come along and say, oh, that was a good idea. And we've now got a little bit of thingy for to pick that up and run with that and do that. But when that needs to be captured and it needs to be held somewhere. So all that boring sort of stuff behind the scenes of getting all that in place. And that was what the first year, a lot of that was because, you know, it didn't, it, you're starting from scratch. So it's getting the website set up, getting all the email addresses set up, all of that admin side of things to actually get a constitution in place, get an agreement with the club as to, as to you know, the commitment as to how many meetings they were going to have and things like that. All of that, you know, effectively dull stuff is all, you know, work that needs to be done by the I don't know, ten or eleven people in the five. It was ten last year, eleven this year. So, um, but but then from a fan's point of view, we need to be doing stuff that is visible and and resonates with the fan base. So we've tried to do a few fan engagement sessions to find out what is what is important to them, um, because that's you know that that's effectively what we'll what we'll live and live or die on based on you know what the fans think of us. You know. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like a big demand of your time, <clears throat> not you specifically, I mean, uh, and all 11 of you guys involved, like you say, we, we, don't we, I guess people don't really think about the admin, the website, and all them other things that come with it, and the communications that you guys have to have, so um, I hope it doesn't feel thankless at times, I hope you feel like you're making a difference, because I think it's certainly appreciated by a, by a lot of people. It's it's a lot, lot more, well, 
put it this way: there's in in every group, and this is not not meant to be detrimental to anyone that's in the fab. There there are some that are more involved than others. There are some that are you know that that you know by by just by the, the, their lives, you know, they, they've only got X amount of time that they can contribute to things, stuff like that. Um, I'm fortunate enough. I, I I wouldn't have gone into this if I couldn't spend a decent amount of time on it. Um, I used to work for a uh, for a music festival, interviewing bands and doing podcasts and Twitch streaming for them and stuff like that. And that came to an end, and I needed another sort of project. And this sort of came along, and I thought, well, go on then, let's go and let's have a look at doing this. And I'm the sort of person, sort of personality that will throw myself into this. So yeah, I've spent a lot of hours doing this, but that doesn't necessarily mean I don't want to put anyone else, anyone off from joining it in future. If you know no, what I mean, no. everyone that's in the fab contributes to it in, in, in different ways. You've got some people that are, that are talkers, but don't necessarily have the, you know, the resources or the, or the skills to actually, you know, to actually do some of the stuff that we need to do. My, my, my skills have sort of been mainly on this. I say, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm like head of comms effectively, but I've never, dealt with dealing with you know the press and, and putting out press releases or anything like that i've never really been involved in in stuff where meetings have an agenda and any other business and stuff like that you know i'm i'm i'm, I'm, just, I'm sort of saying you know i wanted to bring this up and they're like well you should have said that in any other business and i'm like well that was like the beginning of the meeting i i, I didn't know i wanted to say it at that point how am i sw- so all, all the protocol behind it is not something that i i've been used to so i had to get up to speed on that a little bit but but i'm i i wanted very much to to the, the you know the website that we've got for the fab is um, it's got a lot of information on there but it's a lot of text and a lot of pictures and it's not really very exciting um so if people want to find out about the fab i wanted us to start doing little video clips and and doing like twitter spaces so you can hear our voices you can see our faces and you can find out that we are these 11 people um so that's one of the biggest changes that i wanted to wanted to do this this year and we've and we've started to do that um but with that with that is obviously as i say there's a lot of work involved in it so yeah it's you know as i say the, the headline is that we meet, meet once a month and 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 we that they're the only actual things that we commit to doing but there's there's just so much more of it i mean you look at this 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 week um dave dave kelly went down to london on monday um, um was invited down by the fsa to a meeting that they have a regular meeting that they have with the with the premier league but because of obviously the 10 points everton was on the agenda so he invited dave as a fab you know the fab are a member of the sf uh, the fsa and dave individually is a member so he was invited to go to that meeting so dave wanted to put it out there that we'd had that meeting on monday so we put we put a statement out there to say we've had a meeting and we'll update you you know give you more detail on it when we can and everyone just comes back tell us 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 tell us, tell us, tell us. <laughs> and it's just like yeah yeah okay we we will when we can that's why we said we can't tell you anything yet and then and then you know we've we've said that we put that out and then the FSA come back to us today and say actually you know can you can you not say anything until the meetings have been agreed and gone out and stuff like that so we're just like all right okay so so Dave's gone on Radio Merseyside tonight and has just basically just given a, a brief overview of, of of his perception of it but you can't give out any details on that but everyone wants you know because of the the world that we're in everyone wants everything yesterday and everything now um and as I say, you've got to remember that I've got a nine to five job. I, you know, I work nine a.m. to five thirty every day in my day job, so I don't really get any time to do you know any fab stuff, lunch times and, and after work. And but we've got WhatsApp conversation between the fab going on all day. So Dave messages me today at like three o'clock to say I'm going on Radio Merseyside tonight. Can you put something out? And I'm like, well. I'm in a works meeting in two minutes and things like that. So, you know, it, that's what people have to realise. This is not a full-time job, but 
we are doing the best that we can and we are trying to communicate with fans as best we can you know and 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 that's and that's a key thing for me because i don't think there was enough of that last year not not having a go at anyone in the fab but just because they were so busy getting everything else up and going uh, up and running that um and there wasn't necessarily always something to tell the fans but that was another thing i wanted to really um really focus on this year was keeping the fans up to date with what we're doing yeah and I think it's you know it's it's highly commendable. I think just to answer your earlier question, one of the the, the biggest sort of changes that I've seen is this this greater sort of ex- exposure, this greater move on your part specifically to to sort of put faces to names and and just to, to get the the message out there via these you know these short videos and your fan engagement sessions. I think it's a really good step, and you know I think it's one of these things that. The longer it goes on, the more these kind of ideas will come. You know, I think just getting the getting the fab off the ground last year was the key thing. You know, so anything that wasn't uh, that wasn't sort of dynamic enough about it last year, I think now the now you've you've got kind of got the feet under the table as an organization, you can really start sort of taking it forward. Yeah, I've got a I've got a sort of a, an analogy that I, I always like to bring up when I whenever I talk on these things, which was the 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 way the way I saw it was that that for me personally as a fan, I think that Headlock Gate was probably the most scandalous thing that the club has ever done. I think it was horrific, and I think it it put a massive massive divide between the fan the fans and the club because they they proper threw the fans under the bus I, I i think and that and that that angered me an awful lot and when I, you know i mentioned about you know agms being lied to at agms and and all of the rumors and, and all of the the falsehoods that have come out over the years but that for me was a real real low point so i i always saw this sort of divide between the fans and the and the club and i always sort of picture it as being like a river so the fans are on one side of the river the club's on the other now We've got all these little fan groups that are going on with the, you know, the fans forum, who are you know all, all of whom are represented on the fab. So you've got the disabled supporters association, you've got the supporters club committees, um, and we've got the heritage society, and they all have their own meetings with the club um, on a you know on a regular basis or whatever. But they are not mandated, so the club could stop them anytime they want. They just say, right, we're not meeting with the heritage society anymore. That's that. We're just not doing it anymore. There's nothing right. to enshrine that they've got to do that. The fan advisory board the Premier League have made the club do that and the club have got to commit to engaging with the fan environment. Board. So that makes it different to me. So the, so the image I've got in my head is that all of these other groups are, they're having their meetings with the club, but that is like literally, they both go out to a little rowing boat in the middle of the river, they have the meeting and then they go back to their other sides. What the Fab's doing is building a bridge across the river, a permanent structure across the river. And last, last season, we were, you know, building the foundations of the bridge and starting to build that towards the club and the club are doing their bits on their side. And at some point we're going to meet in the middle and we'll, and we'll have the bridge that is permanently there to have this bridge between the club. And that will bring the fans and the club closer together. And the key thing for me was to say what side of the river the fab's on. We're on the fan side of the river. We're not on the club side of the river, you know. We are just made up of fans and we're trying to build that bridge across. So if you think about that, for the first year, I think they were literally just sort of looking forward. We're building this bridge. We're looking towards the club and we're doing that. And they weren't right, looking yeah. behind them at the fans to sort of say, this is what we're doing. So there wasn't enough of that. So that's what I wanted to get going this year is that the, the rest of the fab, I'm quite happy for them to sort of take that on and, and be moving forwards and, and carrying on building it. But I want to be making sure that we're communicating with the fans behind us and telling them what we're doing and bringing them on board and keeping them updated and, and, and showing them what value we have. And now, as I mentioned earlier, we've got other fabs that 
getting in touch with us as well. So now we're starting to look sideways as well because all these other fabs are trying to build their own bridges across the river, but they haven't even got started yet. So they're asking us, how did you build your foundations 18 months ago? How did you do this and how did you do that? So we've got all of these different directions that we're trying to do. And we've only got you know a finite amount of time. We obviously want to concentrate on Everton, but that's that's the analogy that I like to look at. This this we're building this bridge and it's gonna take time. And we're not going to, we're probably not going to finish the bridge, the, the 11 of us that are on it. But, you know, we're getting there. And, we're, and I say we, we, are, we are starting to, to get into a really good place with the club. Um, obviously, I, I'm trying to make sure that we stay in their good books because if the 777 thing comes off and, and we've got new owners, then I want them to be handing over and saying, these are the fab, they're really useful and valuable. You should use them rather than saying, these are the fab, they're an absolute pain in the arse. Don't listen to a word they say. <laughs> you know, we we, we want to try and make sure that we, we, we keep that. We, we want to show value, not not be an irritant. So as I say, there's that fine line to walk sometimes when the, when, when the fan base is angry with the club, then we can be angry with them as well, but we've still got to engage with them. We've still got to try and make sure that we, we keep that dialogue going with them and don't, you know, don't piss them off and make them be like, you know, that they don't want to have anything to do with us anymore, you know? Yeah. I mean, we obviously have this potential change that's coming down, down the line, be it next month or, or maybe not at all. I mean, if things were to continue the way they were with the, with the current regime, what, what's your what's your sense of how much influence or how much you can actually get done with the club as it's currently constituted? Yeah, it's it's difficult because obviously we, we had a we had a very brief meeting with um, Don Dransfield of of seven 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 when they first came in and they and they did that sort of PR exercise really where they wanted to talk to a few of us and and, and Dave went and chatted to him at, at Finch Farm for a while. Um, so it's, it's obviously all very much up in the air at the moment. We, we don't know the way it's going to go. Um, but we are neither for seven, seven or against seven, 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 because we have to keep an open mind and we have to sort of see where it's going. And to a large extent, you know, we, as in fans, not just the fab, we don't have a say in it. You know, the, the sale of those shares that's already happened, by the way, September 17th, that that's the sale has taken place. Um, you know, the, the, the Mashiri sold everything in, in, in mid-September and now it's just whether they're going to be allowed to actually, to actually take over or whether they've got to, you know, rewind it all again. Um, that, so that's already happened. So, we're we're just going along with it, and that's a private transaction. That's not anything to do with you know the the board don't get a say in that or anything like that. That's just Mashiri. Mashiri decides to sell his shares, and that's it. He's selling his shares, and he's out. So, so for me, and again, not speaking for the Fab, just speaking for me personally, I think that he's out. I think that he Mashiri has decided that he hasn't got any more money. He doesn't want to put any more money into it, and 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 that's that, and he's out. So. For me, I'm, 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 the way I tend to look at things in life in general is that it's you know it's you either go one or two ways. For in most situations, you've got a, you've got a, you know one or one or the other. So so for me, if Mashiri stays and this all falls through, then we're stuck with you know a guy that doesn't want to put any more money into the club, and and we still need to get that stadium built. I think the stadium would be at risk again personally um, if if this doesn't go through. I've obviously got massive massive concerns about all the seven seven noise. You know, there's there's a lot of a lot of worrying stories about them, um, but it is a sort almost a sort of a, a frying pan and fire situation. We're in a bad situation. You know, that's because of the decisions that have been made over the last five ten years, and that and that's where we're at. You know, so. Um, it's it's one of them really. Is seven 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 coming in a, a good thing? I don't know, but is is 
Mashiri staying a bad thing? Probably is just because of the situation that he's in and he's he's done with us. So yeah, it's a it's it's a worrying time for sure. But it's one of those things that you know that old that old saying about you know worry about the things you can control and don't worry about the things you can't. I don't think there's anything that we as fans or a fab can do about it other than just try to stay engaged. We have assurances from the club and from 777 that as soon as they can, they will engage with us and they will try to answer as many of our questions as they can. You know, we had a um, a specific, you know, in fan engagement meeting about 777 where we got a list of questions to put to them. Um, they're still with them. You know, they've accepted those. And at some point, we hope that we will be having that conversation. But, you know, we are as up in the air as everyone is. And I have to say, um, as up in the air as pretty much everyone that, that you know, at Everton that we meet with as well, because that it's, it's, it's you know, they, they don't know what's going on with that either because it's all external to Everton. You know, the, the, it sounds mad that a takeover should be external to Everton, but for a large part, it is. Yeah, it so, is, yeah. yeah, so we'll, we'll just have to wait and see what happens with it, really. You mentioned sort of uh, like resource quite a few times or like limited resource of what you got your the 11 of you guys uh, you guys have and apologies if this is a really sort of obvious answer to this. Um, is it as open as possible for any fans to get in touch? Or any, you know, However wild a query or question might be, you're still very open and you're still given every capacity you have yeah. to answering and supporting all fan inquiries. So it's not, you know, no, no inquiries too silly, no questions too silly. You want people to get in touch. That's that, that's yeah, absolutely. No, we, we absolutely do. We absolutely do. So we have these. Uh, we, we've now been doing hosting these uh, drop-in sessions, as you mentioned earlier. So um, we're doing a, a weekend home games. Week, week midweek ones are more difficult to do, but weekend home games. We're in St Luke's uh, downstairs. We've got banners up, and we've got you know information that we can talk to people about. That any questions that they've got about the fab, any questions that they've got for the club, we can't you know necessarily answer them, of course, right there and then we might have a little bit more knowledge about some things than others um but it, it's it's mainly you know people coming and asking us and um, you know questions that they want us to do and if we think it's you know we'll, we'll probably discuss it amongst ourselves and then we take that forward to the club if we felt that was you know something that's you know that, that, that's worth asking if you know what i mean so um, um the the fan the the, the fab um, email address you know is is you know anyone can contact us on that that's um, fab at uh, efc-fanadvisoryboard.com. Um, you know, you get on the fab website and you can you can find any one of us on there. So uh, we've all got our own email addresses uh, for the fab if you wanted to contact, um, you know, myself about communications, if you wanted to contact, you know, the, the women's supporters club or any aspect of the club that you want. If you go onto the fab website, then the, it sort of signposts you as to what you want to talk about and then, that will come through to us and then we can direct it to where it wants to go. But no, we absolutely want to hear from the fans. 100% we want to hear from the fans, definitely. Brilliant. Well, thanks again, Pablo. It's great to have you on in both your capacity as an ordinary fan like the rest of us and as a representative of the Fan Advisory Board. I mean, as I said before, I think your efforts in opening up the communication channels uh, with the fan base and providing these various opportunities for supporters to come and speak to FAB members in person and it's a great initiative I wish you all the best in that role, providing that bridge, as you said, between the fans and the club's hierarchy, whoever that uh, ends up being in the months to come. Uh, as Pablo said, if you want to reach out to him directly, you can find him uh, at the uh, efc-fanadvisoryboard.com uh, website. You can find him on Twitter, which is at Squat on Address. Uh, the Fab's account is at EFC underscore Fan Advisory. And as I say, you can find all the other members on their website. So again, uh, a thanks to Pablo and to everyone for listening. Uh, until next time, 
up the toppies.